Hey my friend, if you're listening to this, then one way or another, cancer is already a part of your life. Maybe you've got cancer. Maybe your loved one has cancer. Look, I know how tough that is because I went through it myself. I had an operation on chemotherapy for testicular cancer and it's not much fun. And that's really why I created Simplify Cancer podcast to find better ways of dealing with the craziness, the stress and the worry that come with cancer. My name is Joe Bakmotsky. I'm the author of Simplify Cancer, man's guide to navigating the everyday reality of cancer. And in this podcast, I interview folks just like you and me who've been through cancer themselves, as well as experts around oncology space. So, and they all share their best advice, inspiration, and insight when it comes to dealing with the mental, the social, and the physical side of cancer. But today, today the tables have turned because I'm the one being interviewed. I'm being interviewed by my friend Troy. He's got a great YouTube show called Geek Aloud, and Troy has been kind enough to invite me to his studio to really talk about my cancer experience, the things that have really helped me along the way, and also to talk about my new book, Simplify Cancer, Man's Guide to Navigating the Everyday Reality of Cancer. I'm here with a very special guest today to talk to me about a book he's just published. Joe, welcome. Oh, thanks so much, Troy. Thank you for having me here in the Geek Aloud studio. Oh, thank you for the plug. <laughs> All right. Now, the most important thing, why we're here today, what we're talking about is your book. You've just released your book, Simplify Cancer. Yay! Very exciting times. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, it's great. And where can we buy it off the top? Well, we can buy it on Amazon. That's that's where it is, baby. Cool. Right. So let's open proceedings by asking you, sir, why did you write the book? Well, Troy, I've, uh, as you know, I've had, went through this um, crazy experience of getting cancer myself. And after I went through it, I think as a, as a way of trying to process of the, all the craziness that's happened, I really started to write the story of what happened to me. I spent about a year writing it, and when I read it, I pretty much puked my guts out because I realized the while you mean a- that metaphorically, not literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good <laughs> metaphorically. Uh, I realized that it was a great story, but that um, no one would want to read it because there was so much me in there. I mean, it was great for to read for my family, my my friends, but I don't think it had something special in them. And a lot has changed in that year. So when I realized that I finished my cancer treatment, I've gone through, I've had my all clear, and I've realized that all of that experience opened me up to new possibilities, new things that I've learned along the way. So I realized that I needed to rewrite the book as something different. I realized that I reached a different point in my life I really wanted it to become a conversation with myself, with a, a, um, a version of myself who didn't go through this experience. And I wanted this conversation to be a friend where I would sit down and tell what happened, I'd give advice, 
talk about the things that I've learned along the way and things I would have done differently knowing what I know now to really come at it from a perspective of sharing, of helping out because I know that it's a tough place to be. And so I've reworked the book to really come at it from a self-help angle, something that someone could pick up and feel that there's just someone talking to them, just someone who's just one step ahead, someone who's been through it and who can give practical advice on things that you need to do to cope with the craziness, with the uncertainty, the stress and the overwhelm that really come with cancer. Okay, that sounds like a huge chunk of change. That sounds like a lot of time. How long was it that you spent writing the book from from the initial concept of I should write this book to now that it's out? What was that journey? How long? So that that really took me two years. Wow. That's a long time, huh? That, yeah, that is a long time, man. And and it's been a really growing journey for me as a person because I realized that it's something that I think uh, I've learned from, from dealing with the, the stress and the craziness. I've realized this, that for the person going through cancer or, in fact, ma- any major life trauma, I believe that the best thing that can really help you in terms of focus, in terms of, of, of just getting some of that headspace back, is really doing something that is bigger than you. It's, it's finding like a mission and something that is that really like fires you up, something that's really passionate and something that, that you can really sink yourself into. And that in turn takes your mind away from uncertainty. Sure. So it, in a sense, was a tool for you to get through your recovery. Absolutely. 100%. It was a tool for me um, to, you know, to, to get f- for my recovery, but also a tool for me to give back and to create something that is beyond me. Sure. And so as you were going through the journey originally, did you come across other instances of people like yourself now, someone who had been through the journey and then had written a book or an article online or something that read that you read and helped you at that time and now you're trying to give that back? Is that the kind of thinking? Well, uh, you know, for, for me, the biggest thing that's really helped me along the way was um, really kind of coming from three directions. When one was uh, the people who are immediately closest to me, which is, um, you know, there was uh, my wife and my my mom and my son been there for me. There's been one huge sort of help. Um, so I really felt that I wanted to kind of give them justice as well. But in also in a huge way, what's helped me was this, you know, incredible medical team you know my oncologist my urologist my oncology nurse and just really everyone who's helped me along the way our family doctor all of these people who were incredible and who made that happen but what really made the difference Troy, was like really combining that kind of medical expertise with the real life experience of people who've been through it i think sure. that was the magical formula yeah you know? and that that is really people who've been through cancer themselves and kind of putting all of that together like really made a huge difference and that's something that i've really tried to uh really zoom in on in the book of how that can really be put together Sure. And so now you're officially an author. You've got a book out there. It's available (laughs) on Amazon and it's called Simplify Cancer. If anyone's looking for it, I'm sure there'll be a link to it in the description for this podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel sorry for the editor and producer of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I guess another question that comes to mind for you is prior to this, prior to the two years ago when you started this journey, had you ever wanted to be an author like as a child or anything? Was it 
something you had an interest in. It's, it's actually funny that you mentioned this, Troy, because it's been really interesting that I was talking to my grandma on the phone recently, who is at present, I believe, 94 years old. Wow, well, good innings. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. And she is probably uh, the sharpest person I have ever met uh, at this age and who's really had an incredible life. But one thing that I, I've really um, was struck by is that in our conversation about the book, she said to me, you know, Joe, you are meant to do this. You've always wanted to share advice and you were always talking about it as a kid. You were like writing stuff when you were like 10, 11, 12 years old, which I have no memory of. Yeah, right. But it was That's really great. surprising that <laughs> apparently those roots were all there, you know? That's fantastic. That's that's really enjoyable. I, I like that a lot. So to the listeners out there, maybe they're obviously going through a similar experience to yours in so far as a diagnosis with cancer or maybe a loved one, someone close to them is going through it and that's why they're here listening to us today or, or reading your book. Um, it, do you feel like, not for you, obviously, your strength is in writing, but can you imagine other avenues for other cancer survivors to go in and and makes or is there any other entertainment like a, a book but not a book you've done a book but have you seen a, a film or a documentary or some form of media about this experience that other people have had i think there's there's so many things that come to mind i think for uh, i think that there is just identifying things that you like things that are helping you have helped you before in your life in terms of dealing with stress or with craziness and things that maybe you've always wanted to do but really never had the time. So what, what I'm really talking about here is like for me, my passion is music. I've been, you know, writing songs and and I kind of haven't really done that in a long time. But kind of going through cancer, there was one point when I felt like, hey, maybe I should just pick up a guitar and see what happens. And what happened was, is like I unloaded with really the best stuff that I've ever written in my life, which I, I actually should record. Is, I was going to say, so that's available on iTunes, is it? Or? No, it's not. It, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, I, that's what I need to do. So it's uh, it's I need to do, I've got like three or four or five songs. Um, I've actually had like a whole concept for it because it was it, it's something that um, was, was a huge thing for me. And doing that, just it, it was all around written just when I was going through, just after chemotherapy, I was just um, at home. And I really ended up in this weird place where uh, my treatments finished. But, you know, when I started treatment, I thought that, you know, I would immediately kind of find out whether it's worked or not. And it turned out that I had to wait for six weeks. Wow. Right. Which, uh, which is a really long time. It's just a really long time to wait, not knowing what's going to happen, whether the treatments worked or not, because or whether, you know, we have to go back to the start and work out something else. So it was really crazy. I've just like spent 12 weeks going through chemotherapy, in and out of hospital, just and I'm in this really crazy place. So if you can imagine this, Troy, here I am, uh, you know, uh, finishing the treatment and here I am, I'm coming out uh, of the house onto the backyard. It, it's a uh, bright summer day. I make my way to, to kind of the swing bench that we've got uh, and, and I feel really proud of myself that I've made it like five meters out and I've got this, um, you know, cup of coffee in my hand and this coffee, it tastes like body wash. <laughs> and you know why? 
because everything takes like body wash <laughs> when you go into after after chemo. <laughs> so I, I'm just feeling like crap, and I'm just trying to read the book, and nothing works, and I'm feeling like what's gonna happen, and, and I'm like I'm, I'm meant to go back to work, and that's when I realized like I should just try guitar just try see what happens strum a few chords and all of those things start pouring out so that's why i think it's a huge help to do whatever works for you whether that's something that you already uh, know and like maybe that's something that some sort of um something that you've been putting off for a while just giving it a go you know like um picking up a paintbrush uh, writing a blog the key thing that the key message that i really want to get across that made a huge difference to 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 me and my life and i think to to experience of so many others uh, i've spoken to in person or online or on, on the podcast as well is finding an outlet to deal with worry whether that's creative whether that's conversational because one thing that i've noticed is that the more you talk about your worry, the more you bring your fear into the light, the less grip it has on you. Sure. And it's, you know, it's completely counterintuitive because I always kind of, in, uh, kind of felt that the, the, like if I talk about, you know, a pain or an ache or some kind of a worry, they would kind of do this, you know, have this stranglehold on me. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is the more you talk about it, the more you bring it out in the open with whether that's with your partner, whether that's with with your family, whether that's with your friends, whether that's with your medical specialist, uh, whether that's with someone who's been through it, whether that's with a total stranger, you know, whether it's like going for and seeing a psychologist or a counselor, uh -huh. someone that you, who's just going to be there to listen and, and that will give you a, an ability to just unload whatever it's got built up inside of you and it's just gonna it's just gonna really make a huge difference and help out in a big way so from what you were just saying then it sounds to me like maybe going through this experience has changes your perception of time like you're saying it was a big accomplishment to walk five meters i think you said at the back like in my mind walking five meters is a few seconds but i'm guessing at this time it wasn't it was how long did it take you to walk those five meters, if you recall? Like, if you're in the middle of chemo, I imagine you're quite weak and it would have taken... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard to say because everything, it's, it's changes perception of time and space. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard to understand that. I think one of the worst things about, uh, I think, um, cancer treatment uh, is, uh, or post-treatment, is it changes the way you see yourself. Mm -hmm. it, it changes how you look at the world. It, it changes your perception because whether we like it or not, and, you know, I'll, I'll say this, even for better or for worse, because there's definitely some good things that come with that kind of change in perspective. But for better or worse, what happens is, even though things will never be the same, it forces you to completely reassess your life. It sure. forces you to really start to look at things in a completely different light. Mm -hmm. And that means untangling, you know, the, the past, the present, the future. Um, because when, I guess, something like, like that happens, it throws everything out. It's like it's a complete... Like a reset button. A, exactly. A complete reset. Because everything you knew, all the plans that you had for yourself, the vision that you had for the future, that just is completely rebooted. And you have to rebuild that up. 
mm. and, and change that. Would you think, and I know this is kind of a silly question, but regardless of the content of the book or the topic of the book, do you think that prior to your diagnosis, you would have thought that you as a person had time to write and release a book? Well, that's 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 a great point. I, I think I um, always wanted to write a book, but I think we all have things inside of ourselves that we keep on putting off. Because whether we whether we like it or not, we always have this belief somewhere deep inside that we are invincible. Mm-hmm. That we have all the time in the world. Yep. That there's going to be this, you know, fantastic time when you're going to have, you know, enough headspace and enough enough just enough. Uh, of, of time and space and energy in your life to finally do this thing, right? Yep. Whether that's write a book yep. or go travel yep. or have kids or get married or, or you know, or jump off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> um, or become a musician. Or become a musician. Whatever that is for you, right? You think that there's always time and we kind of keep on putting things off. Yep. Well, I know now, and, and you know, whoever's been through cancer or has a loved one going through cancer or has been through major life trauma knows, or has definitive proof that that is not the case. Mm-hmm. There is no such a thing as putting anything off. And that's why I felt compelled, driven even, even driven to write this book because I knew that the time is now, that that is the only time available. There's no, the past is, is, is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. This has already happened and there's no bearing on what we do. <laughs> Until someone rocks up with a DeLorean. <laughs> well, <laughs> the yeah. future's the, the past, <laughs> I should say, is set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The future is you know is inconceivable. And the only thing that is is relevant, the only thing that is important and vital, is crucial, is right now. Is what we're doing right now. now. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah, that's great. I like that. That's a very nice message. Uh, so can you talk me through um, your book when you wrote it? What was your process? Did you have, you know, had you read or researched it in any way and was there a structure to it or do you just start at page one and just start writing and then go back and edit it? I think especially when I when I went back to, to, to thinking about some of the key messages that I wanted to identify in the book. And I started to think around all of the key problems because the, the, the book revolves uh, around solving problems, helping the person solve their own problems. And I, and I believe that in, in my mind, it really comes down to the, the, the book is really broken down into four parts. It, it really focuses around the four key challenges that I believe that all of us men have specifically when we're dealing with cancer. Mm-hmm. So the the first thing is is really is why me, you know it's it's when you find out uh, about you know uh, that you have cancer, and dealing with the shock of that diagnosis and kind of trying to put that past you, put put it behind you, so you can really concentrate on having the life that you want despite cancer. That's part that's part number one. The second challenge is really what now, and that, that uh, all of that revolves around. Um, dealing with treatment, which is really understanding uh, what's going on every step of the way, what sort of questions you should be asking a specialist, how to build trust with your medical team, also how to make decisions about treatment. Mm -hmm. Then challenge number three is who's going to be there for me through cancer, which is really how to get the support that you want in your life on your terms. And then challenge number four which is how to deal with waiting and uncertainty. 
Mm. Because the thing is, Troy, there's the, the crazy thing about cancer is that you're always waiting for this next thing. You know, it's always the other uh, shoe to drop. Yeah, you know, it's 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 always, you know, the next specialist appointment, the next treatment, the next scan result. Mm-hmm. And that's tough because you're 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 always kind of hanging out for the next thing to happen. You're always kind of living in between things. And do you think that's where that perspective shift on time and, and the relevance of different daily activities and and the priorities you put on life? Is that where the reset happens, do you think, in all this waiting? Yeah, well, exactly, because the, the, the key thing becomes finding things that bring you certainty. So mm-hmm. the way to combat uncertainty is to figure out things that you can trust, things that you can believe, and things that you can re- rely on. Now, some of that comes from uh, in your own life and your own experience, and and some of that goes back to and and thinking, uh, you know, spending time with people that you care about, doing things that you enjoy, and and they don't have to be huge things. It doesn't have to be you know writing a blog or uh, or a book. It can be just as simple as enjoying a cup of coffee, um, a, a, a chocolate bar, whatever it is. But really just taking time to, to soak it in. I know it sounds so basic, but we don't do it, right? Because we always That, that would never occur to me. Really? Like, no, that sounds yeah. like news to me. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're always in the rush, right? So there's always, we're always thinking about, we're always trying to do multiple things at the same yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. You're always thinking, well, I, I, what, what about this thing that I got to do in three hours? But if we actually dial back, Right, especially if you are going through something like cancer treatment, you you really gotta stop yourself and say, well, you know, now is the time to look after myself first. And I think that is one of the important important challenges that is specifically for men, because I think a lot of us guys really, um, you know, spend a lot of time helping people we care about, whether that's you know mm. your your partner, your friends, your family, which is fantastic, which is which is uh, the right thing to do. But when when something like this happens, when cancer hits home, you really gotta put yourself first so that yeah. you can uh, help others. I really think of it as you know if you are uh, you know on, on an airplane. And you know they always give you these instructions that you you know um, you know if there's something that goes wrong that you put uh, you know the the, the mask, oxygen mask the oxygen yeah. mask you put it on yourself first and then look after your child for example yes. and that makes total sense because if you can't help yourself if you can't be in this position where where you're safe then you really can't take care of anyone else yeah that's a great point that's really interesting and so in this process of reviewing your life i guess in mm-hmm. a way did you did this process i'm assuming here and correct me if i'm wrong but i guess there was a few activities maybe you did on a daily or weekly basis that you've just entirely stopped doing you realized there was no value in them and you've just ejected them from your life essentially i suppose is that true yeah absolutely absolutely so i guess the 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 thing that i definitely um you know stopped doing is start, i stopped doing anything that wasn't immediately giving me pleasure or joy so paying taxes <laughs> <laughs> so it's just i guess yeah like anything that that is <laughs> any kind of immediate um things that were not uh, uh, immediate uh, things that were not immediately responsible for day-to-day survival sure so of anything that uh, any people any uh, that 
didn't have to be there, any kind of obligations that we put on ourselves. Because then that's such a huge thing. A lot of the time that we, we do things, we do things because we've always done them. Yeah. Or we do them out of habit. Or we do this because other people expect us to do those things. Yep. When I believe that, that frankly speaking, I think that's rubbish. I think there's no time. And I think we all get caught up in that. I think it's just reminding yourself, just taking the time out to say, do I really want to be doing this? Yeah. And you know, one thing that I do talk about in the book is like for me, you know, it was this clarifying question. What if this was my last day on earth? What would I do right now? And then for me, that, that really cleared things up. Yep. Like, you know, and it could be in the most mundane moments. I could be, you know, driving uh, from, um, from work and I would be stuck in traffic. And I would say, and I would say to myself, if this was my last day or not, what would I do now? And I'd be going like, would I be worried about traffic and just people cutting in front of me and driving me crazy? No, I wouldn't care. Yeah. So I would, I would just switch on my you know, favorite artist and I would just rock it out and, and sing some, you know, at the, top of my, at the top of my voice. That's what I would do. You know, if I would be at home, I would I would go like, what do I want to do? Like, you know, and I would be just straight up in the zone. You know, for example, I would go uh, to my son and just do something crazy, you know, like have a pillow fight or have some silly game or whatever. You know, it's just being enjoying the, the little things. Exactly. But just being in the moment. And to me, being in the moment and being in this present time, you know, we touched on before, mm -hmm. really was by asking this question because it eliminates the noise. Yeah. It eliminates the distractions. It eliminates the kind of things that we do out of habit or because it's on other pe people's agenda because they expect you to do this. Yeah. You know what? And that's and frankly speaking, that's bullshit. <laughs> I agree. You know, we don't have time for this. Yeah. There's no time for any of that. Yep. There's no time for that. The only time we have is for yourself, for things that you enjoy, mm -hmm. and for people that you care about. They're the only things that care about. And you know, and that is true with or without cancer. Yeah. I've just to tell a little bit of my side, obviously, I'm just a friend of Joe's. I don't have cancer. I haven't been through it. I don't have an immediate family member that's gone through it. Um, but Joe and I are quite close. We catch up on a weekly basis. And I have learned so much from you in those chats. And it's not, you know, we're not necessarily talking about cancer or treatment or doctors or anything like that. But your sort of elevated view of life. I've taken a lot from it, just in general conversations about whatever, you know, TV shows or movie, whatever it is we're talking about. You, you're so full of knowledge and you've got such a clarified perspective on life. It shines through. So the book's fantastic on that. Like you've taken the time, you've thought about it, and it's just there's a lot of value there and people should definitely read it. And sorry, we jumped off on a tangent. I was asking you, what was your writing process? There was the four sections to the book you wanted to write. You've obviously written them. The book exists. What is the process, though? So you've identified the four, and then you went and fleshed out those four parts, or how did it come about? Yeah, th thanks so much. Uh, first of all, thank you so much, Troy, for your kind words. I, I really appreciate it, and it, it means a lot to me. So um, thank you for saying that. I think in terms of the writing process, it's 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 really been focusing on specific outcomes. I really believe that um, for each of those challenges, I wanted to focus on specific outcomes and I wanted to illustrate them all with stories. So I only tell my stories in the context of 
uh, in the context of where that applies. So, for example, uh, in in I I was I knew that one of the specific challenges that we all face when we when we're dealing with cancer treatment is is really not knowing what the hell's going on, right? You, you just kind of walk into this thing, you have no expectations, there's people telling you what to do. And one of the things that I knew that uh, that, that that is really that I really wanted to share someone with the, in terms of practical steps was just a set of uh, just a tool in to help you prepare. So I, I come up with a list of uh, specific questions that I uh, put in the book, and I really um, and I have a one sheet PDF that is included um, the first visit oncologist checklist that is also available um, you know for download for free with the book. But it's just one of all the many tools that I've come up with in, t- in order to deal with a specific problem. So the way that I would write is I would go, okay, so we need to figure out the specific questions. We need to figure out the specific the specific outcome, which is knowing what's going on. This is the process. This is what we go through. And I and also talk about briefly about my personal experience, what it was like for me and the difference that it made. Because I got to tell you, Troy, I think this is the experience that happens for everyone who goes through cancer because it's so complex. There's so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. There's, there's different specialists. There's different treatments. There's all these things that it, it's really like going into uncharted land and you, you, where you, you really don't speak the language and you don't have a map to get around and you really want to start start to understand what's going on. And I, so, so I would come at, at each part and under each challenge, I would break it down in, into, into kind of specific problems that can be addressed and then try to address address it from both you know, kind of specific practical step-by-step perspective, but also to give some real life experience that I've lived through that can help someone to implement it and see how that would play out in real life. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. So if people want to find out more about Simplify Cancer, how do they do that? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it you, you would go to, to find out... Uh, more about the book, you can go to simplifycancerbook.com. This is where you know I do a um, a video about the book, about the structure, about what's in it, um, and so that's a great place. And also, of course, to uh, go to simplifycancer.com. You know, I, I give uh, I give away lots of cool tools that you can apply as you go into this experience. There's the Simplify Cancer podcast where I'm interviewing um, experts as well as cancer survivors who share their experience on everything about dealing uh, with, you know, dealing with uh, the craziness, uh, dealing with treatment, dealing with side effects. And that's actually one of the things that has also informed um, my book as well is, uh, is the conversations that I've had with now over 60 interviews on, on the Simplify Cancer podcast, um, one of the things that I found is that it's also helping to, to put into perspective having conversation with folks who went through it themselves, mm. with people, uh, with medical specialists. And I've realized um, that there's, well, you know, there's all these different cancers and, you know, people of different ages and in different situations in life. Uh, but there were so many things that I really talk about in the book that are really in common. 
that we all have in common mm-hmm. because we all go through well our experiences are kind of unique to us but there are so many things that we share along the way and that that is all comes down to you know dealing with stress dealing with anxiety dealing with fears dealing with, with the unknown mm. that those are those are the things that we all share in common yeah that's just part of our human experience and I think the more we can do about it the more we can you know pick up my book and and, and or any other resources that you can find as well right to supplement all of that like listening to podcasts checking out other books the more you talk to other people whether they are your medical team like i mentioned psychologists counselors your family doctor your nurses um just people you know the more you put that stuff out there the more you learn about it the more you learn about specific treatments but the more you just understand about dealing with stress and anxiety and and how all of that fits together really the better it puts in the position to have control in your life. That is one of the key things that it comes through for, I think, any man specific. I mean, not for women as well, of course, but I think for any man, loss of control is one of the worst things about cancer. Because, you know, like what happens is that you constantly feel like you have no idea what's happening. You know, you get to... Uh, you're told to you know go in and fill in another useless form (laughs) you know because i've done that's what happens right you you fill in so many of those forms i haven't written this much by hand (laughs) since i was in school (laughs) and or you know or go in and, and come for this appointment at this incredibly inconvenient time you know just because it's the only one available or, you know, and sometimes you really have to take back control because sometimes, you know, that's what happens. You know, I, I remember that I, I uh, had a phone call from, um, you know, uh, from, I think from a lady from the reception from my oncologist who said, um, you know, she was kind of abrupt and she was like, um, we need to change your appointment time from this day to that. And like, I was just... At, at, I was just on edge because I knew I was going to get my results. And I said, you know what? I'm not, you know, what is the reason? It goes, oh, well, it was something else came up and there was another patient. It's like, you know what? I said, I'm not changing that. I, I, I've, I've got a lot going on. I've been waiting six weeks to get my result. It can change my life in a huge way. I'm taking a day of work. My wife is taking a day of work. My mom is taking a day of work. We all come into this hospital. And I can't change that. And he goes, okay, well, no problem. I'll, I'll just... <laughs> it was, it was... It's stories like that that make me wonder how many things people in general just accept on a daily basis. Like, oh, yeah, no worries. And then if you just push back a little bit, I wonder how differently life could be. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> exactly. And you know, in a way, it's kind of nobody's fault, right? Because yeah. things are complicated. And I understand that, you know, um, just thinking of the, this person who was calling me, I mean, you know, it's it's a complex situation, a complex world. There's a lot of priorities, a lot of things that are going on. A lot of moving parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, you got to take back control over your life. You got to figure out wh- how this treatment works. You have to figure out your options. And you got to stop making decisions. I know you didn't ask me this, but I'm just, I'm just going with it. Because I think the biggest part uh, about taking back control is, for me, comes down to decision-making. I know that 
what happened to me, Troy, was I think the first time I went to see my oncologist, um, I, I was kind of just expecting, well, not really expecting because I had no idea what to expect, but I was just thought I was going to come in and and he would just tell me what to do, right? And I remember just, you know, sitting there in the waiting room, you know, I was sitting in the waiting room and it was the first time I've seen the oncologist and that really brought the reality of cancer home, right? Because the because before that, you kind of think the oncologist are locked away in some <laughs> hospital far, far away. That's not the case. It's, it's, it's real, right? You sit in there and I'm just so on edge, right? Because I don't know what's going to happen. What, like, yeah, no she's, doubt. She's going to hand out this verdict. <laughs> what's going to happen? And then, you know, and they, they, they've got these magazines there, you know, in, in front of you. It's just to distract you. And I'm picking up these magazines and I'm flicking through it and none of it makes sense because it's just it's just i can see the words but it just doesn't connect right sure <laughs> so i'm just sitting there and then finally he comes out and you know and he's got this um really confident air about him and just this feel that we're gonna work through this so uh, we get into his office and you know and we sit down and uh, and he kind of really just breaks it down for me in a really simple way he says there's really two ways to go you can go with this type of chemotherapy. It's got all these nasty side effects. Here's all the things that could happen. The other way we can go is we can go with radiation therapy. It's a lot uh, less intense, but it has a it has a possibility of causing another nasty cancer, completely different type of cancer down the line. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to send you to a radiation oncologist. He's going to talk you through it. And then you're going to come back in a few days. You're going to have a think about it. And you're going to tell me which way you want to go. And I was like saying to myself, hey, hold on a second. (laughs) I mean, I I haven't been medically trained. Yeah, you're the expert. You're going to tell me what to do. So they kind of made me uncomfortable. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, hey, that that, that is exactly right. Because what it's about, it's not about making a decision that is right or wrong or, or someone else telling you what to do. It's about me making a decision that is right for me and my life. Yeah. Giving you that first step down the take more control. Exactly. Work out for yourself what matters. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Because And I felt that, and you know what, when I thought about it, I thought, you know what, this is going to be the time when I'm going to switch things around. Yeah. It's going to be a time when I'm going to take charge. I'm going to take charge of the situation. And now I'm going to, I'm going to, make decisions about everything that comes my way. I'm going to have to figure this thing out. I'm, I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to try to find out, out about it from people who've been through it before. And it just changed things around. It gave me a different you know, kind of feel of, of, of really being in control of the situation, just being at driving at the wheel. And it also gave me an opportunity to do stuff. And I think that's true. Uh, for 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 all guys that when when you when you're doing stuff when you're actively taking steps that kind of makes you feel more comfortable would would you say so absolutely i need to be in motion i have to be doing something (laughs) yeah yeah exactly right because i think to a certain extent we're all control freaks yeah (laughs) but what's the uh what's the saying uh idle hands are the devil's playthings yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so we we need to be when, when i feel that when you are taking action where that puts you in control because yeah. you feel you're doing something. It may not have, it may not always have the, you know, the the outcome that you wanted to have. Sometimes you, you know, 
I, I remember, I did distinctly remember spending, you know, an hour looking at some, you know, research papers that had re really didn't really give me any answers. But when you're still taking action, when you're doing things that that kind of help you to understand things better, when it, when it, when it gives you uh, some sort of clarity around what's happening, it puts you in control of your life. And which that's is what it's about. Which is exactly what your book does for readers, which is great. Where is it available? Amazon? Yeah, exactly. It's available on Amazon. And uh, ebook style and paperback? Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's options. <laughs> gotta have the options. <laughs> it's gotta have the options. <laughs> and you know what? But wait, that's not all. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like one of the um you know, really cool things, Troy, is that I've I've been thinking about the experience of going through cancer of um and I've had you know um one I've been speaking uh, about this actually to one of my your podcast listeners um uh to Tony from from the United States and and he was telling me about how you know it would be great to you know have your book as not your book because you, if you're going through treatment you might not feel like reading you know a physical book you might not have the concentration and I thought hey hold on a second that's exactly right because when i was going through through treatment i remember there was a lot of time when i, I kind of just felt like you know relaxing and listening to podcasts or audiobooks which is really why i did a simplify cancer podcast in the first place mm -hmm. and i was like well i gotta do the audiobook so i am um, created the audiobook as well that, nice. that comes with, with the book so um and you know and this is something that <laughs> that i think yeah you're gonna love if you are a visual person as i know i am and i know you you are. know i am <laughs> so the visual uh component is that i created the whole video course where i bust down the four key challenges that all of us men must overcome in dealing with cancer i you know i put all the slides and here's me walking you through every single strategy every single step that you can take it and just apply it in your life so it's all comes for free with the book i put it all in this unique book bundle and that's fantastic yeah man i, I really i i've really I, I think this is a like one of a kind experience where you, you go you go online and you get uh there's the link in the book and there's there's the audio book the video course which you can all over you can download or stream and there's also all the tools that i talk about uh, you know like the cancer outcome map and the online community guide and the first visit oncologist checklist and more all of that is also available for download for free in one place so you know i'm just i'm, I'm really excited i to be honest, I'm so excited to share this because I know that it could help so many people in such a huge way. Yeah, it's fantastic. I encourage all listeners to, if nothing else, go to the website and have a look around. I know you'll love it. There's a link to the Amazon book available on the website. If you've enjoyed this conversation, tune into Joe's next podcast. I won't be here. Um, it'd just be <laughs> weird if Joe was interviewing himself. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's weird, Troy, but it, I love talking to myself so much, and that's how I come up with all of my great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So tune in next week to Joe's next podcast, which is just Joe talking to himself about who knows what. Thank you for listening, everyone. Joe, thank you for not being on my podcast, but instead being on your own. Thank you so much for having me, Troy. It's just been a real pleasure, man. Thank you so much. 
A pleasure. Take it easy, guys. Hey, this is Joe Bakmutsky, and thanks so much for listening. Listen, I just want to take a moment to really thank you for your time, because I know that it's precious, but also I want to congratulate you. I really want to congratulate you on listening to this podcast, because as we both know, cancer is incredibly hard to deal with, and you don't want to go it alone. And you want all the support and all the advice that you can get to, to stay on top of it, to stay on top of your worries during cancer. So I, I want to tell you about the tools that I have available on my website on simplifycancer.com that can really help you. So all of these tools are available under the tools menu on simplifycancer.com. So tool number one, that's the first visit oncologist checklist. So if the word oncologist bothers you, like I, I know it really freaked me out. If you are worried about your first appointment, as, as again, as we all are, then this can really help you with some key questions that you want to ask. The key thing, of course, is having a list like this means that you won't forget something important, which is easy enough to do when, when you've got a million things going through your head. Plus, it's a handy PDF, so it's easy to print and write down all the answers so you don't forget. So then there is the outcome map. Like this is a really simple but really powerful tool that I have developed to help you deal with worries about something specific, something that's bothering you right now. So maybe you're waiting for your test results and your mind's off running in a million different directions. Or maybe you've got an ache or pain and you don't know what it is. Like, is it cancer? Is that a side effect from treatment? Or maybe is that something else altogether? So it will kind of help you to put it all together so you can, you can get a bird's eye view and decide how to best deal with it. Number three is mastering your emotions during cancer. Now, this is a walk through all the stages that you go through as a patient and as a caregiver through anger and through guilt and fear and how you can address your needs, your emotional needs on every level during cancer. Like it came about after many discussions that I had with my friend and my colleague. Her name is Jill. Her husband had prostate cancer, so uh, so he, she has this kind of caregiver's perspective. And we both like talked about how there are so many times um, when you go through cancer, when you kind of just feel alone and you're struggling. You're on this roller coaster of emotions, and it's kind of full on and it's hard to deal with. So there, there's an audio version that comes along with it, and there's a link to download the MP3 if that's what you want, or you can just listen to it online and, you know, and just uh, listen along with the PDF. So another one is Testicular Cancer Support Kit. This has a one-page summary of what the testicular cancer journey looks like that you can check out for yourself or share with your family or friends. Like it's got a helicopter view of all the symptoms and treatments and who's involved and what happens when. And it's really great one kind of page view of like what happens during testicular cancer. Plus, the kit also includes like ready-to-go email templates for your family, friends, and your workmates. So you can kind of share what's what's happened. Maybe you want to break the news on cancer and you can, don't want to think about and wreck your brain on what to write. So you can just copy and paste. You can tweak it a little bit so to suit your personality and you're good to go. And I've also done the same thing for prostate cancer. So check out the prostate cancer support kit. Again, it's showing all the treatment options and stages on one page. So you can walk someone through it, like someone from your family or a friend. And they know what to expect and how it all happens.
And of course, when you sign up for any of my tools, that we just talked about. You also get an email from me when, when there's a new episode that's kind of relevant to you right now and other news from the world of Simplify Cancer. And listen, I'm, I'm going to keep on asking you about how I'm doing here. I mean, are you getting what, you, what you're looking for? Was there something in particular that, that really made sense to you? Or is there a question that you want to ask? Or maybe there's, there's just something that you, you want to get off your chest. Like, please, I need to know. Just reply to any of my emails or send me an email right now. My email is joe at simplifycancer.com. So that's J-O-E at simplifycancer.com. And send me an email whenever you've got anything on your mind. So again, I want to thank you for listening. Till next time. 